Hey, welcome to Forgiving the Girl Inside, A Matter of the Heart. I'm your hostess, Lisa Drennan. In these episodes, we connect with courageous women sharing their healing journey story. Are you ready to align your thoughts with your heart? If thoughts were a person and came knocking on the door, would you let them in? When you can stop and think Welcome about to this episode of Forgiving the Girl Inside, happened. A Matter of the Heart. I'm your hostess, Lisa Drennan, and today we have the beautiful Rachel. She is going to be sharing her healing journey on forgiveness. She is a self-growth coach on a mission to raise awareness on the importance of personal wholeness, and she is passionate about encouraging awakened individuals to really get to themselves on a deeper level to develop true self-mastery. So thank you so much, Rachel, for being here, for your willingness to share your your forgiveness story. Forgiveness is so often misunderstood. Um, Tell us, what does forgiveness mean to you? Uh, Forgiveness for me is freedom. That's Uh like the the biggest um, thing for me. And it means it's, and the reason why I say freedom is because it's about the emotions or the feelings that have been attached to the past on something that has happened. And by being able to release them, which I believe forgiveness is, that's what it's about. um, You know, your heart feels lighter and you're able to be more than open to receive love because without having that forgiveness, it kind of, you shut down and you close your heart off and yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So who, who did you have to forgive? myself oh can you tell us more about that like where were you at when you realized that this unforgiveness towards yourself was holding you back yeah so I'll tell you the story where it just um actually sort of what I woke me up to the fact that I had a really unhealthy relationship with myself and I was just in my mid-30s and I was in a high street clothing shop and I was making my way towards the changing rooms, which by this point had become what I would call visiting hell. (laughs) Um, And I was, as I was going there, I could feel myself getting nauseous. My hands were getting all clammy and my heart was sort of like pounding in my chest. I could feel it pumping through. And I had this, this image that was coming up in my head where I was standing before the mirror and there was just these abusive words splattered all over it. So much so that it was because I wanted to hide because I didn't like what I saw. I would hear the voices of you're hideous, um, you're too fat to be wearing that, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And I just stopped and I just froze on the spot and I, I just thought to myself, I can't go in the changing room. Um, and I could just feel the, the hurt, the shame. And I just turned around and as I started to walk out, I realized that I was I was in fear of actually seeing myself and therefore I was now going to avoid myself to protect myself from myself. Um, and that incident was for me a massive, great big wake up call. But it, I heard a little voice in my head that said, because it was like this beast that was living in my head. Um, and it said, what if you could try to learn to love the beast? because now, you know, we were, I was sort of like 35 years into my life and it was not getting any better, my relationship with myself. Um, And so I knew something had to change. Mm -hmm. And that was really the start of, okay, 
I got to first learn how to forgive myself um, for the way I'd been treating myself. I'd been shouting, I'd been shouting at myself, I'd been manipulating myself, I'd been um, telling myself to shut up and not to speak up, you know, all the things that, you know, maybe if you've been in an abusive relationship with another person, you know, I, I was doing that to myself. And I think a lot of us do do that to ourselves, but we don't share it. We don't maybe... Uh, yeah. It's like our, our little secret. It was my little secret anyway. Right. Oh, yeah. The power of mirror talk, I call it the self negative talk. You know, you look in the mirror, and, you know, for me, it was because I had two abortions prior to age 17, and I felt so shameful and guilty that I would just give myself negative talk. And I, I came from a very dysfunctional family, and there was a lot of emotional and verbal abuse. In, within the family, the extended family as well. So you constantly heard you were conditioned to hear this ugliness and this harshness and the tone and the words and the facial expressions. Um, did you have something that triggered this that that caused you? Were you conditioned to verbally abuse yours? Like, I mean, self-abuse is basically um, what you're mm. sharing. So what, yeah. what triggered that for you? You know, that's a good question. Um, I mean, I also at the age of 16 had an abortion. Um, and I know that that I, I didn't tell my mother. Um, I did it secretly um, because I didn't want to have whatever I thought that she was going to do to me. <laughs> um, it wasn't that she was an unloving mother. Um, she was um, very practical. But from an emotional perspective, um, I missed something. And that's not to put the blame on my mother, but there was something that I needed more of and I didn't get. And I had not a good relationship with my stepfather. Um, you know, he, there were a few incidences that I recall that were not pleasant. Um, I'm, you know, if I think about other people and things that they've had, I wouldn't say that I've had an extremely terrible childhood, not by any stretch of the imagination. Um, mm -hmm. But there were just little things, uh, body shame, you know, incidences that happened to me, things at school, bullying, um, and I think they just all kind of amounted on them. And when you didn't have that emotional, what I needed to be able to feel heard and seen, um, then I internalized everything. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Especially when you're being bullied, you know, most, I can't even think of the word, um, impactful way to receive verbal abuse. Right. You know, and mm -hmm. especially from your peers, you know, and you're supposed to, when you're off to school um, or at your job, wherever it's happening, that's a safe place for you to be. Like our homes are supposed to be our safe place and to have to go in there and experience that, you know, they say hurt people hurt others, um, but bullying is just, it's, it's harsh. I mean, any kind of abuse is really harsh, but to be on the receiving end of it and not be able to share your story yeah. and internalize all of that. And if you don't process it, in some way it comes out, right? You know, the body keep the book, the body keeps the score talks yeah. about the pain that we experience because we don't share the hurts. And I, exactly. yeah. And I used to bury stuff too. You know, and I remember when I was growing up, my, my mom passed away in October of 18. Um, but we didn't really have a strong relationship. I was very rebellious towards her. And I remember when I was growing up, if I shared things that bothered me, because I, I had three older brothers and, you know, boys are mean, right? <laughs> brothers are mean. And 
I remember how mean they were and I would go tell my mom and, oh, that's nothing, you know, and it's, so then you didn't want to talk about your feelings because, oh, it's nothing. Don't cry. Girls don't cry. And yeah. I would stifle back the tears. I'd have to be all strong and never would cry in front of anyone because, you know, yeah. tears scare people. Right. Yeah. And I would just be super angry and just lash out. Like I would wear black, you know, I, I would walk around with a scowl on my face. If you saw the movie inside out, that's when yeah. I realized what different feelings were. And, you know, we all have our underlining character. Mine is disgust followed by anger. And when I realized, you know, I always think of feelings as negative, but we're, it's okay to experience all feelings. Right. And when I realized I was looking in the mirror and saying to myself, you're no good, you're this, you're that. Um, I believed that. And that's how I yeah. acted. And when I started doing the heart's work and I became a certified aroma um, cognitive practitioner and the power of breath work and captivating your thoughts really got me to realize, wow, I am not these things. Like who told me that and why do I believe it? So I had the 70 flip where we, or I asked myself why, you know, I do it with my clients as well, but why do you believe what you believe? And then keep asking that question, why, until you understand that this is not what I believe about myself. I am a strong, courageous, beautiful woman meant to do great things. So what got you out of your, your cycle? Um, of um, what of of my abuse it was um first the recognition Mm -hmm. that I was abusing myself what was it was Was there like a strong pivot point like did it did you were you at the end of your rope like did something happen that said this is it I'm done I've had enough it was that it was accumulation of things but that moment in that you know when I realized I had such a strong um reaction to a changing room it was like, okay, this is this was me for me a signal that mm-hmm. things had got. I mean, I was avoiding the you know mirrors in general, but now to the point that it was now interfering. It was going to interfere with my life. Um, you know, if I, I couldn't even go into where else was that going to take me? Um, and so it was the first the acknowledgement, and then I decided, well, I'm going to commit to caring about how I feel. And I want to feel good. Life is about thriving. And I'm certainly not that. I feel like I'm in a survival mode um, constantly, um, just keeping my head above water, you know, um, and it wasn't enjoyable. And so I thought, well, I've tried it this way. <laughs> it hasn't been working. I've just put all I've done is create a, a weapon in my head that is on self-destruction. So if I've done that, there was a realization that maybe I could also change it around if, if I and, and get my mind to work for me rather than against me mm-hmm. um I'd already been diving into a little bit of self-development and um it always been something that I'd been interested in but I think also the moment that I had just read something that said you're not your thoughts um and that was for me like oh that's an interesting thing to think about um and so yeah that and then I committed to replacing um judgment with compassion and i also knew that i would have to keep reminding myself that you know rachel you have a choice you can choose to continue what you've been doing or you can choose to do it a different way and just see what happens um what have you got to lose um 
I've got nothing to lose if I choose to do it a different way, but I've got everything to lose if I carry on doing what I'm doing. Um, and then I had to sort of agree with myself that I would need patience, some grace, <laughs> um, and I needed to show up consistently. Um, even when I, you know, that was more important than feeling motivated. It was mm-hmm. about just showing up and saying, well, if I, today is a bad day, then you're going to be okay with it. Um, mm-hmm. You're not going to continue to do the abuse because that's what you're committing to. And it felt strange and it felt odd and it felt really uncomfortable at times because it was, I just felt like I was, you know, you're in this sort of period of trying to pull away from something that you have been identified with and you're yeah. trying to recreate something um, and it's your your mind is telling you just go back to what's comfortable there you're safe mm-hmm. um, and so you know it's constant repetition uh, it's constantly having I mean I had a strong desire to want to change mm-hmm. and I think that, that is key I think you know if you if you kind of just sitting on the sideline you're not really sure which way to go you'll stay sitting on the sideline and you're never really you so you have to make the decision you have to be i'm going to do it this way or i'm going to do it that way but at least make a decision don't sit sit on the fence um and then i really got into how can i befriend my inner critic um and i knew that i would have to re-educate it mm-hmm. and um you know understand where did it come from why does it do what it's what it's doing and and learning that it was a guardian it was a a protector in my early years that was just trying to um look out for me and it in the probably in the beginning when I was a kid you know if you went to I don't know get too near the stove and there was something hot on it it would tell you no that's dangerous um you know because your mum would have told you or something so in the beginning it would have been kind but as we grow up um, and things happen to us, that voice kind of gets louder and it and it gets you know nastier because we start to internalize what other people are telling us and all the other things that we experience. If someone's saying to me, you're fat, then I would think, oh, um, maybe I am. Yeah, maybe I'm, I'm not good. At, you know, and so this whole thing about not being good enough for me has been, you know, a theme throughout my life. Um, and also understand it i think you know knowledge is great to have um in in a situation like this because even though you've got the knowledge i mean you then need to 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 say okay well i'm going to do something about it to show that i actually that that what i'm learning is is becoming useful it's actually doing something it's one thing to read it but if you just read it and leave it at that it doesn't really change anything so understanding that it was I, I knew going in that it would always want to keep me in the status quo. It was always going to try and push, pull me back. It was always going to tell me all the reasons why I shouldn't. And I had to keep asking the question, but what if I do? But what if I don't do that? What if I do do, you know, whatever it is that I was you know, wanting to, to think about myself? Um, and so, yeah, it, it was, it was a, a, this, it was a game like this for a long period of time, mm-hmm. backwards and forwards. It was building a muscle um, and it, it takes time. Just you don't go to the gym and lift a few weights and think, hey, presto, look at me. I've got a six pack or uh, I've got a nice, you know, n- nice formed arms or something. No, it, it exactly. takes time, you know. Yeah. Well, the same with our mind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, it's uh, you know, the brain is is very important in dictating our thoughts 
in receiving when we receive our thoughts and process them into our emotions so we can get the result that we want. And yeah. uh, it's incredible how people think that, oh yeah, I'll just stuff it and I won't think about it and it'll be okay. And I'll just ignore it. But then it does come out sideways, you know, it manifests itself physically um, yeah. or you, you know, inwardly you start to self-sabotage, you know, you start to overeat, over drink and, you know, focusing on that negative, like, you know, when we look back and say, okay, well, how did this help me grow? You know, how can I be thankful for the circumstances that I was in yeah. to learn from that versus focusing on the negative? Like as a society, we're all focused on the negative and the bad and let's criticize, let's ridicule others or ourselves, you know, because this is the conditioning statements that we're in. And when you yeah. hear that growing up, especially over and over and over again, it's like, you don't, you don't realize there's other choices, you know, and I, you know, in a lot of Facebook groups and I see a lot of comments from women, well, I'm so depressed. I'm so angry. I'm so frustrated. We'll continue to say that. And you will be, (laughs) how about you get up and make a decision to enjoy the day. And instead of focusing on being depressed, rewiring your thoughts and focusing on, wow, this is a beautiful day. Look at the birds singing, or I get to walk. I get to do this. I get to do, I get to, I get to choose to do that. So yeah, to be able to train our brain, to rewire our brain, to have that new thought pattern so that we can move forward and do, because I don't know about you, but when I'm in negative, when I'm in that energy level of woe is me and victim mode, I'm not motivated to do anything to help others or, you know, to be, you know, what they call what unicorn and rainbows. I'm more like, leave me alone. I don't want to be bothered. I'm just going to sit and veg. And, you know, but when I have that thought process is, oh, this is going to be a beautiful day. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that and make that choice to enjoy even the hard stuff, you know, even the things that overwhelm me, you know, like tech <laughs> or, or yeah. cleaning out cleaning out my closet that's got 30 years worth of stuff in it. Like, why is that stuff up there anyways? What am I holding on to the stuff for? Um, yeah. So it's amazing. Yeah. But- I mean, and I also um, changed because I would, I would probably most of my life I had let my mind be the leader. And then I would, so I would, I would first think, then I would feel, and then I would act. Mm-hmm. And I changed that because that really is just you know a, not not a helpful way because your mind will always manipulate you and like you said it's it's wired for to to be to be negative mm-hmm. um so i changed to okay first tune into how i want to feel mm-hmm. so what is it that i'm feeling right now and really understanding how i felt so if i was thinking i'm feeling i don't know um i'm feeling frustrated it's like well what do you want to feel um, rather than focusing on the frustration? What is it that I wanted to feel? So, okay, I want to feel uh, relaxed. Okay, then I would ask myself, ask my mind, how can I become relaxed? What do I need to do? And I would come with answers because the moment you ask a question, have to answer it. You've all you've already formed an answer. There is an answer already formed within you because, yeah. you know, we live in polarity. So there's always two. You know, if you ask one, you're going to get the answer in my that's how I see things. So um, by doing that, I st- not only was I training to feel my feelings, I was also then getting my mind to do what I wanted it to do rather than the mind telling me what what how I was going to feel. Because if I listened to what my thoughts were telling me, um, I would have a feeling based on that, which I would translate incorrectly. I've come to learn that 
our feelings, if they are negative, don't mean like that the negative has, you know, we, we, we see it as a negative thing. It's just like if you get in your car and you've got a petrol, you know, this on the dashboard, you've got your petrol or your ta- uh, gas, I think in, in American you call it, um, and you've got full and empty, you've got that dial. You know, as the dial's going down towards empty um, and it, and the light starts to flash to tell you, hey, you know, you've got to go and fill it up, otherwise you're going to just not be able to get anywhere. We don't start shouting and screaming and getting annoyed with that. We're actually really grateful that it's telling us because we can do something. And so that's what our negative emotions are telling us is, hey, you're off track. You're not you're not on you're not thriving now. You're going down the road of surviving and so you know you've got to change course. You've got to do something different. And so we should I believe be looking at our emotions as our guidance system and the negative um there are times when they when they are due somebody dies and you feel sad and you're grieving. They're good you, you need to honor those. But when you're just on a, you know having a normal day and you're having a having a moment and you realize you're really agitated and angry and annoyed at everything that's going on around you. It's actually giving you, Hey, there's a, a, it's the, 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 the lights are flashing and saying, you maybe need to do things. (laughs) Yeah. You know, think about your, obviously your thoughts are not giving you, are not helping you. So you need to tune into something differently and give yourself, you give your mind another thought. So, yeah. Yeah, it's so powerful. Our, our minds are so powerful. You had um, mentioned earlier about the stranger in the mirror. After you went through your forgiveness journey um, and you began that healing road, on that healing road, when you look in the mirror now, what do you see? Well, now I, I always, because I used to call it the beast that lived in my head. Um, and now I call it, you know, I see beauty. Um, I see something beneath. Uh, I I grew so much compassion for myself and I see the little girl in me um, who only ever wanted to dance and sing and have some fun. And, um, you know, I see her when I look in the mirror, Um, you know, uh, which is a good thing. um, And because I feel then connected to her and I just really um, proud of myself for the fact that I was able to change something that was certain like a negative into a positive and that I'm actually quite enjoy hanging out with me. Um, I like who I, who I've become and who I'm still becoming because, mm-hmm. you know, I'm still evolving and I'm still venturing outside of my comfort zone so that I can keep growing. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's been a true godsend that I decided to be, a friend to the parts of me that needed a friend um you know and I when I did all my inner and inner child work and my shadow work so if I look in the mirror today I don't see that beast I just I see somebody who's who's come a long way and is in a good place mm-hmm. that's beautiful and I, I can I can I can tell myself that I love me mm-hmm. with no with no problem whatsoever yeah and that's a beautiful journey, a beautiful healing journey. What advice would you give someone that um, had is is in the beginning of the journey that you are on, who is looking in the mirror and I don't know who that person is and they're no good? What would you say to them? I would say um, 
you can choose to keep believing that or you can choose to believe something different Mm -hmm. because the power is within you um Mm -hmm. you are an adult and you have a responsibility to have a relationship with yourself um, and make yourself matter because you've been given a life um and you only live once in this form anyway (laughs) you know whatever you've arrived you know whatever your name is this is the body you're in this is what you've been given so appreciate it value it um because you're you, you don't have to go out and prove yourself you don't you don't owe anybody anything you only owe yourself a good life Beautiful. so yeah that's probably what i would say and beautiful. try to encourage them yeah that's beautiful well how can our audience um connect with you what's the best way to reach you they can get me, I'm mostly active on Instagram, and that's at Rachel G Healing. It's all one word. Um, the same is on Facebook, same name. Um, I do have a YouTube channel, and it's also Rachel G Healing, only the Rachel G is one, and then it's a space, and then it's healing uh, for some strange reason. That's what YouTube did. Um, so, yeah, that's right. And my website is um, Rachel, and then dash g.com okay awesome we'll put those links in the description um so our audience can reach out to you you have um a program to help women heal to forgive themselves to forgive the girl inside is that correct you work one-to-one you coaching or i have um, a self-acceptance um because that for me self-acceptance and um self-love and self-forgiveness they're really all sort of part of the same work um and so i do have one of those i also have a program which is a group group and one-on-one it's a combination it's a sort of like a hybrid um and i'll be probably bringing that out again in maybe october and that's a full kind of um self-mastery really getting to know who you are because that's where it all starts a lot of us are don't know who we are um and we think that we're just these little there's this body and you know we're very separate from everything um and so that, that course is all about helping you to really get to know the the person beneath the surface beautiful well thank you so much for sharing your healing journey story of forgiveness towards yours truly um and if you're listening thank you for being here if uh, this if um this story resonates with if rachel's story resonates with you be sure to check the description grab one of those links reach out to her and have that conversation know that you're not alone what your what your thoughts are so important and you get to choose you get to decide and if you're looking um to join a facebook group I have a beautiful place where women post-abortion, loss of a child or miscarriage can come and be seen, be heard, share your story with like-minded women in a safe, non-judgmental place. The link is in the description. It's a heart-centered healing for courageous women post-abortion who um, miscarried or loss of a child. And if you'd like to hop on a call with me, I have a heart alignment 
that is incredible. 20 minutes, we use aroma cognitive behavior practice to get your heart aligned with your thoughts using the power of breath work. And if you know somebody who would benefit from hearing this episode, please share it, invite them and leave a review. We'd love to hear your comments, your questions. Um, And if you'd like to be a guest, reach out. Remember, it's all a matter of the heart. This episode of Forgiving the Girl Inside, A Matter of the Heart. I hope that this episode connected with your heart to help you get shifts that happen. Want to create abundance? Let's connect your heart-centered desires to create limitless abundance. In a 20-minute solution call, I help courageous women post-abortion, miscarriage, or loss of a child foster a heart of gratitude without journaling using the power of breath and thoughts. Receive the possible. Book your call today. The link is in the description. Wealth is all around you.